Welcome to the Budgie and Pigeon Show with Laura the Budgie. Um, and Adam the Pigeon. That was the worst. <laughs> I'm not gonna re I'm not gonna re-record that just to show how bad that was. I apologise for that pathetic. <laughs> I don't even know what that I'm, I'm I'm lost for words. I was trying to process what exactly I'm supposed to say I'm for that. I'm trying to process so. what the hell just happened. <sighs> so bizarrely we've recorded one episode then stopped recording and we'll explain I'll quickly explain why. We started this as a sister podcast to our science podcast, which is called The Beauty and the Universe Show. Check it out at beautyandtheuniverseshow.com or just look for it in iTunes. Not iTunes, the podcast app on your phone or iTunes on your computer. Or indeed, find a Google search. God, we are being laborious, aren't we? Um, but we then... Which? We then realised how busy we were podcasting and then a few things changed. You got promoted at work and, and what have you. I just knew the dogs would start doing something noisy as soon as we started talking. Mm -hmm. You can hear a rattling in the background. Our dog has decided to eat. Oh no, Ish comes. Um, and then our little dog died, so we, we kind of stopped for um, whatever reason. Um, but now we're back. And the Budgie and Pigeon Show, Pigeon Show is hopefully going to be weekly. We'll, we'll keep that up. Um, we are crowdfunding both of our podcasts now, so I haven't done a Patreon for this yet. I've done a Patreon for the Beauty in the Universe show, which I'm going to announce formally on that. Um, but we'll do a Patreon for this as well. It'll just be if you want to back the show, because um, it takes a lot of time and effort to research and produce them. And since we're, we're kind of hobbyists, really, we want to invest in the show and get some decent equipment and make it better. So we'll put up a Patreon. If you want to support us, do. If you don't, don't. There'll still be a free version of this out. I'm pretty sure at the moment I've decided that we're going to do, rather than do a free and a premium version of each podcast, we're going to do the podcast is free. If you support, you get goodies like a T-shirt or a badge or or you, other, such or other, things, other yeah. things incentives um so we'll announce more of that on the, the next show because we, we haven't got around to doing it for this yet so um yeah hell of a week this week isn't it um, um yeah that's one way of looking at it do yeah. you remember what i've said we we're going to talk about we were talking about mental health well your your field is psychology, psychology so well psychology and criminology comedy science yeah um, <laughs> of course, yeah. My field is outrage and anger. No, it's not really. Um, mm -hmm. uh, my field is astronomy by um, profession, publishing by passion, and all know. sorts of other things as well. Yeah, I suppose do. you'd call me a polymath. Is that the right word? Somebody who does many things. Not sorry. It probably sounds like somebody who does many things very, very well. It's not up to me to decide <laughs> how well they've been done. That's up to the audience. But I'm a creative soul, so I don't really have a field. I've got a garden, but not a field. Sorry about that, that's terrible. But what I, for those who, who don't know, listen to the, don't know or don't listen to the Beauty in the Universe show, I have previously cons confessed to having a mental illness, uh, which is bipolar disorder. Um, that is relevant to this podcast. I, I don't normally flaunt it, although I do mention it if it's relevant. Um, if you want to read about my opinions on that sort of thing, I do. I do have a blog which I update sporadically, not as often as I should. Um, but it's just one of those things. You know, if, if we had time, then we had, then we'd have time, wouldn't mm, we? Yeah. Um, it's if you go to I decided to fight .com, That's I decided to fight .com. Um, It's a WordPress blog, and you'll find out about the illness that I write about. Um, and I bring that up today because um, I had my first ever viral tweet. At least I think it was viral. So whenever I tweet, maybe two or three people retweet it. Mm -hmm. This one, in fact, as the elevator music goes off in the background, I'm just going to look up that tweet. Um, it was after the guy, um, people in Britain will know this, that a guy in London, in, in Russell Square, went absolutely crazy with a knife, murdered an American lady, and um, I think injured five, injured, five others, injured, was it? Injured several um, others, yeah. 
Now, um, oh yeah, here we are. This tweet has been retweeted 375 times and, and liked 542 times. Um, <clears throat> so there. And um, what was this tweet then? Well, I I'll come to that in a minute, but I, I only mention it. <clears throat> I'm not normally the sort of person that, like if some people have something go viral, it's the best thing that ever happened to. I remember, I remember reading a blogger who, I think his name is Chris Brickeen. Um, I think it's a bit of a twit to be honest but he does he has a blog called writing about writing it's a terrible blog but he, he, he posted a blog about how he saw some guy he claims this happened uh, now th this is where the phrase ecological validity is brilliant mm -hmm. if, if this story happened I'll show me bum in Burton's window I'm telling you <laughs> what he claimed was for those he, do you want to explain ecological validity no you you go ahead it just means whether it sounds like it really like it has so for example if you have a if you have a study a scientific study that has a poor level of ecological validity they're testing something that is probably not going to happen in real life it, know, well it's something or, that's not something testable that's, across the 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 broad range of um, people, basically. Yeah, exactly. So this guy claimed, um, I'm get, I, this is relevant, I'm going somewhere with this. He claimed that he saw a woman being chatted up by a man on a train, and the, man, the guy was obviously a bit of a meathead. So he claims, I, I urge you to go and read the blog post, it's called um, Something Something The Creepy Guy Narrative. So if you just Google The Creepy Guy Narrative, you'll, you'll find it. And he claimed that after having watched this woman get harassed and annoyed by this guy, he went up and kind of, did a come on to this guy as if he was gay um, and this guy got more and more annoyed at him etc etc and it was like he was saying look at me I, I taught this guy a lesson by coming on to him the way he was coming on to this woman now first of all I don't believe him it just, does that sound believable to you like anybody would do that I think the only person that would do that is somebody that if you're saying that this, this particular person who was chatting the woman up yeah. was a meathead and for yeah. those who probably aren't familiar with that term we're talking about somebody who Perhaps. spends an awful lot of time in the gym that's what's the most important mm. thing to him that beefs up and has an awful lot of muscle mass therefore and I don't doesn't deny... have an awful lot of brain mass yeah. i don't deny the existence of such many either that's not the point um, but the point is that somebody who has this belief in their own attractiveness that everybody else therefore must believe that they're attractive and would come on to somebody um, in fact, just for any further, if I can find this blog post, I'll link to it on the website, which is budgieandpigeon.com. But the, 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 the issue that I have with that is the kind of man that would then go up and naturally do this, come on to this guy, is somebody who's going to be equal to or greater in size than yeah. that person. And I find that hard to believe. No, and I think as well, the most men of a certain age have, have all had at some point, whether they know her or not, have of intervening in a situation where they've said you know you heard the lady move on she said no mm. that's almost what it means to be a man really to be able to intervene in situations like that but i just don't believe if you read this story he hams it up and he tells it and it's like he's telling you that he's telling it and he's, he's doing this thing called virtue signaling which is where you see, signal your virtue you you what you do is you'll you'll agree with say i don't know a social justice position about feminism and what you're doing is it's kind of a lightning rod to show everybody how great you are. You don't actually believe it. It's different to white knighting, which is where you just sort of, well, you know, you, you kind of take the hit for women in, in, in a rhetorical sense or literally sometimes. Um, it's kind of, you know, look at me. I'm going to show how great a guy I am with this blog post. Yeah. Because uh, they think they'll, they basically think it'll get some action. That's why they're doing it. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say that they think that they're going to get something 
out of it. Yes. It's it's almost kind of like the nice guy syndrome, isn't it? It's a guy you think anyway, if he treats a woman like a lady, she's yeah. going to love him. But anyway, this isn't the, the story. The story about that was when I was talking about how I don't normally talk about my tweets. Mm. The only reason I mentioned it went viral for two, for two is, is because it's never happened before and because it's relevant to the show. Mm. But the reason I brought that guy up is he has written, I've looked on his blog, at least two blog posts about that blog post. <laughs> how, I mean, just what? You're writing blogs about your blog. What? I mean, that's just a whole new... Well, you see, now the point that I would take from that is that people are reading it. Well, they are, yeah. It's a whole new level of narcissism. So but there, like, there are why are you people, reading it? Well, Stop reading it. There's a bunch of people who've posted, oh, yeah, you're so awesome. Thanks for doing that. And I'm thinking, why do you believe this guy? What a load of nonsense. You know what I mean? But anyway, uh, the point is, is that I'm not doing what that guy does. It's relevant. Now, we had this guy go crazy this week. Um, and I tweeted to Sadiq Khan who released a statement um, about the attacker yeah and what I tweeted was I'll come to in a minute but what did you if you what, look at the press on this right they could not wait to find out this guy had mental health issues because as soon as everyone was thinking he's a Muslim let, let's let's you know let's put the elephant in the room on the table if that's not mixing my metaphors well they're out. thinking that he's an Islamic extremist yeah. and it's all about terrorism that's yeah. that let's put the elephant on the table which that is not, what they're thinking which I'm still not ruling out because I don't trust the press as far as I can throw them because they are lying to us through their t- every time a Muslim does something crazy the words Muslim Islamic extremist and terrorism are never reported in, in the articles mm. That, that come out. If you notice this, for example, you remember Orlando, the the guy, the guy who tore up the shot forty nine people in the nightclub. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at Obama's speech: Muslim, Islam, terror. None of it's in there. It's actually a thing no. It's that, talking it's a, about um, homophobia, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the thing that they're doing at the moment. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, there's obviously an agenda. They don't. I don't know why they don't want to just call it the problem for what it is. But the point being is. If they want to deny that it's religious, that's a common thing. People think it must be anything but religion. You know, that there's a taboo about criticising religion in, in mm. the West. Don't know why. Um, but the point is, is that they couldn't wait to find out he had a mental illness. And this got right on my nerves. And it, it continues to do. And I've seen this. But I'll read you my tweet. I said, hey, Sadiq Khan, I have a mental illness. Please stop using us as a scapegoat for, scapegoat for the actions of terrorists. It's bigotry and discrimination. Mm-hmm. Now, they, I, I literally broke my Twitter with this. I was just getting notifications. I had to turn notifications off. It just went bananas. Now, what really bothered me was, that it's that why couldn't they wait for this to turn out to be a mental illness? Well, if you read on my blog, um, you'll see I've done a couple of posts. Are you going over there to check on your food? Yeah. Yeah, Laura's stupidly decided to cook during the podcast. I don't know why I've done that. Okay, we just had a brief pause at our office. Sorry, the kitchen. No. <laughs> <laughs> Messed with the food. What I was saying was, is the coverage of mental illness is getting right up my nose the way we're treated in the press. You know, the, the, you look, the thing that bothers me the most is that they're so it, it's an easy scapegoat at the moment. Is it ever? Well, I've said before, mental health for me is the last great civil rights frontier. Mm. Uh, yeah, you only have to hear about just generally when people start talking about anything. Even when they kind of, you know, if somebody says something that they don't agree with or if somebody behaves in a manner in which that they don't agree with that doesn't conform to their idea of what normal is, they immediately label them as having some kind of 
mental health issue. Well, oh, you must be schizophrenic. Well, you must be schizophrenic. Schizophrenic. You schizophrenic. must. Be, you must have. Oh, personality disorder. Oh my God. But it's you hear it get more and more. Well, today. I'm a big fan of Bill Maher. Mm. Now, uh, before I go any further on this, I will stress I am not a member of the language police, and I don't want people to. Um, you know, I may or may not find things offensive, but that's no reason why people shouldn't say them. I'm talking about public perception here and the way we mentally ill nutters are perceived. Um, so don't don't think that I'm saying you can't say crazy or bananas or I've just said bananas I say all the time so I'm not we're not arguing for any kind of language policing before we go any further what I am saying is I'm a big fan of Bill Maher and I listen to his podcast Real Time which is a podcast of his TV show and they were talking about Trump on that and I think three times at least to, to absolute raucous laughter they announced some of the comedian who was on there um, loudly yelled that Trump Donald Trump was mm. mentally ill, has a mental illness. And it was said as if everyone in the room intuitively understood that disqualifies him basically from existence. Because well, mm. they, they didn't say he has a mental illness, therefore he shouldn't yeah. be president, for example. Now, I will say, to anybody out there who thinks that we haven't had a mentally ill president, I, I beg to differ. <laughs> I can assure you we have. The kind of ego that, that is needed that is to... Yeah. Yeah, that is attracted to that kind of position. Or, you know, there'll be plenty of depressives who want to fix things, or, you know, us, us bipolar sorts of manic depressives, the mania gives you the energy to do a job like that. So if you think... It reminds me of the West Wing when they, when Leo's outed as, a, as an alcoholic, and I think it's Josh turns around and says, you know, the idea that, that there hasn't been an alcoholic in the... You know, in the every bloody yeah. president. There was, was probably an alcoholic with the stress of that job. Uh, and so what? You know mm. what I mean? Um... But I, I reiterate, I'm starting to get really irritated at this this notion that we should intuitively just go forward with laughter at the mentally ill. Yeah. Why? Why and is that? You see, I guess the thing that bothers me about that particular incident that we started talking about... The, the stabbing, you mean? Yeah, was, was the fact that before they'd even considered anything, that was the first thing they said, that it, there was mental health... They suspected there were mental health issues. And I just thought, well kind of uh, no shit Sherlock <laughs> well, no, I don't, in see, the I don't sense that. that you know what kind of a normal person is motivated so to you're go doing and stab well, what, when I say normal what, what is it normal to go and stab somebody well according to human behaviour I suggest it is because the data shows and I can provide this data um, you are no more likely to be a perpetrator of violent crime if you're mentally ill, but you're far more likely than be, somebody who yeah. doesn't have a mental illness to be a victim of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what that's I mean not is... that's not including state crimes that still haven't been recognised. So, for example, um, American eugenics that took place in Virginia in the sixties. Hitler's always castigated for his eugenics programs, but Churchill was a eugenicist. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Americans, the, what they did to some people in that program, it wasn't just the mentally ill. Oh, my God, what they did. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was one story I remember of a young woman who was, I think she was, her IQ teetered above the official retardation range. And she was 35 or 36, and she was married, and she and her husband had been trying and trying for a baby, and the doctor had said, oh, you know, just keep going. You know, he'd been, yeah. you know, he'd done all, every test you can imagine to see, is there, is there any infertility or any low sperm, you know, all the usual stuff mm. you can imagine. It was obviously before the days of IVF. And uh, he, he just, you know, kept encouraging her. And, it, and he eventually got so suspicious, it was years and years, that he looked, he went and looked up on, you know, previous medical history, and looked up, this particular operation she'd had, which was labelled as an appendectomy, and it wasn't. It was a sterilisation that had been done without her knowledge. And what they'd done it because she was, I think the phrase was, mentally dull. 
and just the heartbreak in that story when you heard about how he told this woman. So the Americans, what they did, you know, right? They didn't. I'm not saying they did the Holocaust. I'm not equating the two, but in terms of intent, it was the same to yeah. purify the race. Mm-hmm. And this phrase, mentally dull, it was as if, well, of course we're going to sterilize them. You know, why wouldn't you? It's 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 that attitude. It's this. Well, you said it. Well, of course he was mentally ill. And it's the way that the police say, no, no, it's all right. It wasn't religion. He's just mentally ill. He's yeah. crazy. And everyone yeah. goes, oh, he's mm. mentally ill. No one is going around stabbing people. And it, yeah. it reinforces this nonsense stereotype of the sort of madman with the flashing eyes and the wild hair. I guess what... Hiding in your sock drawer. In case, instead of saying normal, I guess what I mean is they can't be in the right state of mind to go out and stab somebody. You are feeling some other kind of emotion. Be that... Again, a desire this, to inflict pain on somebody, a rage at somebody. I disagree. Somebody. This, that seems like that sounds entirely normal if you study human history. Yes, but the point being, it, you are driven by something else. It isn't on a daily basis. You are not driven to go out and yes, want to stab uh, no, somebody. That's more like therefore, I'll grant you that. That's more like therefore, it. there is something else that has driven somebody to do that. Be that a, a momentary lapse in in control because they're angry and they're reacting to a situation. Or there is something else that's gone on. It could be mental illness, yes, but it's when they immediately drive to that without giving you any other background. And it's like, well, how about just saying a stabbing has occurred, the motivation is not yet known, the end. It's, but but it, they, it's they immediately the wanted to. It's the label attitude it. of it's all right. It's just a nutter, and everybody kind of breathes a sigh of relief. It's just crazy. Mm. It really gets on my nerves. Now, I will link to a story, probably the BBC, about this, that the actual stabbing itself, so you can see the coverage. Um, but the, it was almost like, uh, again, this will be a UK-only illusion, but after we had the credit crunch, which in America was, what was it called the credit crunch as well? Possibly. When it, when it, about six years ago, when, it, when everything just fell apart. And I remember the Labour government at the time, who we were on the way anyway, um, after that, after that whole near depression, what, what happened was they had, I think they had a, a period of 0.1% economic growth and it was like they'd been waiting to find that and they couldn't wait to. It was that, yeah. that attitude to mental health. It was like, please, please don't let him. It reminds me of that joke about um, Reginald D. Hunter where he says he watches the news and he'll see somebody, you know, held, somebody shot two people. <laughs> yeah, and, please and robbed don't a, let them be black. Yeah, when, when so, you know, you see somebody on TV who's robbed a bank and murdered two people, please don't be black. No, no, because he was shaming his people. And it was a bit... It's a bit like that. It's like, please, mental health. Please let him have had mental health issues in the past. Mm. You know what I mean? And it, because it's as if it's as if we're not people. And it, what, well, what the scares problem me with about that is, please let them have had mental health issues in the past. That that implies that once you've had a mental health issue, you can never come back. You're from scarlet lettered. Yeah. So if you've um, for people that may have suffered depression, may have been borderline suicidal that it's almost like then they shouldn't be taken seriously because they've been through an episode in their life where they mm. wanted to take the life well the whole point of mental health treatment is to make people better is to help them progress well either we're saying that you can not necessarily be cured but find a way to live with whatever mental health condition you have thereby preventing things happening in the future or we can't in which case the mental health care needs to be seriously overhauled well, I mean it does anyway but when people talk about mental health in this this 
way. They, they also discount a lot of... One of the most important things, in my opinion, is that particular schizophrenia and bipolar disorder correlate unbelievably strongly with creativity. Mm -hmm. You find me any great work of art, and I guarantee you somebody mentally ill did it. Off the top of my head, Edvard Munch, who painted the screen, bipolar. Um, da Vinci, thought to be. Um, mm -hmm. Ravi Burns, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, Afghan Aglae bipolar disorder more recently Scott Whelan singer of the Stone Temple Pilots who died 48 bipolar disorder Kurt Cobain bipolar disorder it correlates very very strongly with creativity there's something there you know what I mean that, that, that means that the, 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 the mania the mind the bipolar Carrie Fish is another one she has got it bad I mean, she, she really can't live a day off medication now what well they're great risk takers as yeah. well so yeah, well, exactly yeah and and I mean, I urge everyone to like Stephen Fry is another one. And he did mm -hmm. he did a brilliant two part documentary which is on YouTube called "The Secret Life of the Manic Depressive," and he did a ten year follow up. I can't remember what it's called, but that'll be on YouTube as well. Well worth a watch. He interviews various people about the and explains what it is because it used to be called manic depression, which annoys me because I remember hearing people. I've heard people say, you know, first of all, people say, "Oh, I'm so depressed." Shut up. You know what I mean? I mean, if you can say it, you're not. Yeah, Stop, you it's, know. it's no. What you mean is you're feeling down. Yeah. And that's I've said thing. depressing. You know, I suppose it has a meaning that way. But as well, I've heard people say, "God, I was manically depressed," and they think that means very depressed. First of all, you weren't manically depressed. You can't be manically depressed. You can have a mixed state where you're experiencing symptoms of mania and depression, but you can't have mania influencing. <laughs> no. no, you can't have depression that's particularly bad because of mania. It doesn't work that way. Um, brainless idiots uh, <laughs> so it's not manic depression is just a non it's, it's one of those words like um, it's, it's, it's a very similar thing to how people think that schizophrenia is split personality and it's mm. nothing I don't know where's that come from because it, it's not it never has been nobody's ever no, suggested no. that two are connected are they split personality disorder and schizophrenia completely different disorders however I was saying that I will link to an article and I do have a, a kind of an auxiliary article or a, what's the word subsidiary that's not right um Auxiliary, I suppose I have to do. Um, that comes from it's a Canadian article, which is unfortunate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's only because I've been looking at. Uh, are you familiar with their prime minister, Justin Trudeau? He used to be a model. What? No. <laughs> Honestly, he'd get around your nerves. Um, you wouldn't like the guy. Um, he's kind of sort of the well. Okay, if I say he's the political equivalent of a. Now, this is not my opinion of a woman driver. Laura, how do you feel about woman drivers? Even speaking as a woman driver, here we go. It's like seriously, get off the road. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, no, I, like, I hold my hands up. Not all women drivers are bad. Can I just, However, we go any further, the majority the, of the, these are Laura's opinions no. and nobody else's. The majority mine. of drivers that I've had issues with, and it's usually with them going slow, being indecisive, or really badly parking. It's I know women. You're thinking, of, you're thinking about that, that one who tried to park outside our house in a place you could have got a lorry into. Was she? What was she driving? A mini? Oh, she was. It was a small car. And there was if there was a space that would have fit at least two cars in. See, this is what I get to live with, folks. Just mention women drivers and stuff. And off. and honest to God, if you'd you'd have, you'd have laughed, I, I seriously contemplated going out and get telling them to get out of the car and not park itself <laughs> because she was that bad. But it's so bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all have days where we don't park as well as we do on other days. But I have never parked that badly for Christ's sake if I you make, can't park a car get out and don't drive I make, simple I make no comment on the issue of women drivers I just wouldn't but uh, no I was only kidding about that but it, I, I, Justin Trudeau is kind of he's sort of the social justice warrior prime minister you know he's 
basically telling men they have to be feminists and he's got a gender balance cabinet so merit doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you qualify for the job they've got to have half and half um, anyway that, that, that's an issue I don't want to get into but it's a Canadian article from InsideToronto.com it's talking about men's mental health and the Men's Health Network survey has found that men's mental health issues are not openly addressed in today's society and the reason I'm bringing this up is because it is it's always, it's always men in it there's very few women who are instigating these terrorist attacks so I'll turn a light on so we can see it's mostly men um, I think it, you'd have to we're at a point where you can't deny that there's an issue with men What's the, I think it's suicide is the number one killer of under 45s now isn't it for, um, for young men aged 21 to 25 yeah. more, than, more than heart disease more than cancer yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's an incredibly high risk factor yeah. so what this survey's found um, now I'm slightly wary of the way this is phrased because this is a survey conducted of men aged 18 to 88 throughout downtown Toronto by Helix Healthcare Group and US-based non-profit, the Men's Healthcare Network, show that 79% of men feel that the issue of mental health is not sufficiently addressed in today's society. Now, I'm wary of the phrase feel, because this reminds me of when you hear people say women need to feel safe. No, they need to be safe. They feel safe, bonus, but it's, I'm actually bothered if they are safe. But we're giving the benefit of the doubt. Um, now, this comes from Dr. Jesse Hansen of Helix. He said, but noted that both as a professional, this is quoting the article, and as a man who grew up in a culture where men's mental health was rarely if ever discussed, the findings are unsurprising, and I agree with that. Um, the, the, the pressure on men to be stoic must take a mental toll. It's got to, hasn't it? The, you know, the idea that you literally can't express any feelings whatsoever. Um, I well, I, th I, I also come to the, who do men turn to then if they're feeling down? Well, quite, without being mocked. Because if, if you show weakness the, if as a man, turn to the peers, what happens? You don't seem to have the same kind of women are worse. Well, do you remember? No, do you remember? First of all, do you remember when Andy Murray cried after losing Wimbledon? I don't. Front know. page news mocking him for it. Remember when Michael, uh, what's he called, Michael Douglas, mm -hmm. contracted cancer, didn't he? And he thinks he got it from oral sex. Yeah. The, dis the absolute disgust coming from people about that. Oh God, God why is he talking about that? Whatever. Mm. Like, why is he talking about that? You know how many men, particularly working class men, you know how many men die every year because they don't go to the doctor because of that kind of shit? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I know a few people who've died young and, and just thought it was okay. I know a few people who refuse to go to the doctor until they're dying. And then, but, you know, it's because they didn't go to the doctor that they are dying. So I don't think we need any help. And what, what bothers me about this is they'll always say it's men being macho, as if it's our fault. No, I'm not going to... It is a bit of a cliche if I am going to do this. If you Let's just imagine for a moment you blame women for getting breast cancer. Do you have a job tomorrow as a journalist if you did that? I very much doubt it. I very much doubt it too. Um, and the, 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 the thrust of this article says... Well, it is a quote from this uh, chap whose name I've just forgotten. Uh, Hansen, Jesse Hansen. A lot of men dismiss talk about mental health, but if you tell them your lack of emotion is going to give you a heart attack or con contribute to cancer, they'll sit up and listen. Well, I'm not sure about blaming men for this. I'm really, you know, in the past we've needed men who are stoic because we've had two world wars, and they couldn't afford to be. Didn't men didn't have time to cry or worry about mm. things, did they? So I'm, I'm slightly concerned that they're still kind of blaming us, because I remember having him. I had the, like. And my dad was so cold and any any show of emotion was met with viciousness and so I'm not sure that it was my fault really um, <clears throat> but I think what the guy is going for he's suggesting that 
he says here, systematically, if we can influence political and business leaders, so taking care of the mental health is part of the job, that will raise a lot of awareness. But I don't know about this. I don't, I don't like the tone that this has taken in attempting to solve a con in, in to conclude the issue. Because what is the answer? Because, you know, the, the one thing men learn really quickly is if you're emotional, wear your heart on your sleeve or you cry a lot, you're not going to get any action off women, as a rule, really. You know, most women do not like it. You know, they because re I remember um, again. I talk about this book all the time, but Nora Vincent's Self Made Man. When she she again, I won't look at the book if you want, but she basically spent a year living as a man, and I mean, doing literally as a man. Mm -hmm. She passed very well as a man because she's a big butch, five foot eleven le lesbian. Oops, so she could pass um, fairly easily. Oops, sorry about that. that clanging noise. That's my mistake. Sorry about that. Um, and she said, when she went into the dating scene, she had a conceit that most most women basically wanted a sensitive guy uh, uh, basically a woman in a pair of pants and she she quickly learned that's really not the case it really isn't the mm -hmm. case they want manly men they want macho men who can get stuff done who can fix things who can mend things and there was a genuine affection for those kinds of men I'm not saying women were you know these monsters who were demanding all sorts of things although in a lot of cases that's, that is what she got so the, the women were genuinely affectionate towards them, but she thought that, you know, as a sensitive guy, this will work to my advantage in dating, and she learned what all men learn very quickly. Friend-zoned. Yeah. If you, if you behave like that around women, you are in the friend zone, and you are never getting out. So uh, to blame men for this, I don't. I just don't think that's very fair at all. You know what I mean? Because well, men, I, don't think it's, I don't think we should ever blame the person who is suffering. Yeah not wanting to reach out for help what we should be doing is making it more accessible to them uh, for example when when women are pregnant um often when they go to see Can't the midwife wait to see what the connection is here what i'm talking about domestic abuse yeah what they do is they they attempt to discuss this with women because we know statistically speaking a lot of um, domestic abuse can start when a woman becomes pregnant okay, because they're more vulnerable yeah it often does start so before that they might have mental mental abuses going on so mild but it can start when they become pregnant I didn't know that. Um, so this is why they then kind of try to speak to the woman when they become pregnant without the partner there and they set up specific um, safe areas where a woman is exposed to literature so that she can seek help if she wants to. So we're giving them the opportunity to seek help if they know that there's something wrong and they know that there's a place that they can go to seek help. Why can't we do the same thing for mental health, health you know issues? That, Why you? can't we set up particular areas where it can be discussed or the literature can be there to direct people to areas where they can get help. Sure, I'd agree. But I think the problem with that is that there aren't places where they can go to get help. No. The mental health um, provision. provision in this country, it's and crap. not just in that, our country, there are crap. other places as well, but it's, it's yeah, in a word, it is crap. It's it crap for so anybody. Bad. It's terrible for men. And, and historically, if you look at the way that people that have had a mental health problem have been treated, it has been... Appalling. You know, people were institutionalised for a long time when really there was nothing wrong with them. I was going to say, if you look at what it's been legal to do to mentally ill people, mm. it, it, most of it is the laws were only passed after somebody was so innovative that they thought, there's no law against this, I'll do it. Mm. Do you know mm. what I mean? The, it, mm. I mean, it doesn't bear thinking about, you know, every, no, no. for example, 
I, the only analog I can bring up is how black people have been treated. So there's the MK Ultra project in America where they deliberately infected black men with syphilis. You just wouldn't think that they'd ever do something like that. When you look at what's done to mentally ill people, mm. every bit as bad as that. Mm. But we're invisible. And I've had experiences, like I'm at university now, and I, I remember disclosing my mental illness just because, to cut a long story short, there was a, one of, every year there's a student rep who deals with student welfare and that sort of thing. It's one of the students from the class. And mm. I was perked up and said, uh, you know, if there's any, you need any help with this, 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 this. And then mental health came up and I just kind of perked up, you know. I've got a mental illness if anybody wants to talk or I've got a blog. From that day, I was treated like garbage. It literally changed. Can I prove that it was... No, I can't. It, it, it was a strong correlation. And I remember reading... Um, I, I, I will endeavour my best to find this study. I, I, I couldn't quote it off the top of my head. I couldn't source cite it off the top of my head, but I can tell you, reading this bizarre statistic where people... Are so, the top three statements that are associated with mental health... Um, I can't, the only one I can remember at the moment they're all negative mm. well, they, them, where, why would they be positive one of them, yeah, one of them was that mentally ill people are dirty that is I mean that is says all, that says, says too much and too little at the same time do you know what I mean it's mm. mentally ill people are dirty what? but it just shows and these were they, they, these weren't volunteered to people these are statements that people came up with what would you associate with mental illness and dirtiness could turn up time and time again I don't know why but then I, well I, I I could postulate as to why um, but when you think back to the time when people were... Postulate? Is that the right word? I don't know what that means. Anyway. <laughs> about, about the time when people were institutionalised. Mm. And you're talking... I mean, I remember when I, I was working as a student yeah. nurse. They'd end up bathing um, in their own effluence. Or they'd throw it around. Mm. Or uh, there was a particular patient I worked with who um, was a, a, a great hulk of a guy... Um, and mm. he just used to poo on the floor, you know. And it's things like that that is that have been linked with mental health issues. And those are the things that people um, spread that that kind of information that people that have mental health disorders often do things like this. They're not forgetting the fact that there are, there are also people that are completely the opposite scale of that that suffer with um, obsessive compulsive disorders, where they so clean and so phobic of bugs and the issue around hygiene that they're completely the opposite way and everything is completely spotless and you know you could literally eat your dinner off the floor so yeah. you, you know you have two very different sides and somewhere there's there's the middle ground where people aren't either of those things that you know they have a very good normal hygiene routine <laughs> They're not dirty, but people still have this mental image of people throwing poo. I mean, you, if you look at can television programmes about well? it, they do. They, that's what they link it to. Let, let, me, let me just come in on that as well. Um, when you're talking about throwing poo around, that's an allusion to apes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's... In that, I mean, that's discrimination in a nutshell. The Irish were often characterised as ape-like oh, yeah. or monkey-like, and, yeah. and people of, I think, African descent, slaves were often characterised as monkey-like, weren't they? Yeah. So Backward. we're in the same category. Yeah. Right now, I think mental health, I think we're at... I, I, it so reminds me of gay rights. Mm -hmm. And my best mate, one of my best, probably my best mate growing up, um, is gay. And I remember him coming out to me and some other guys, probably age about 15. And I've looked at the, how their lives have changed. That not him and his boyfriend. I mean, the, the 
the gay lobby in general. Yeah. And I think, what just what a sea change has been there. And we're kind of, we, <coughs> we mentally ill people are kind of where they were maybe 40 years ago. Mm. You, know, you can't legally kill us, but you kind of can. You know, if you're a police officer and, you, and if you say, if you go in court and you're a police officer and you have to account for why you killed somebody in custody, just say you're schizophrenic and you'll be fine. You're not going to jail. You know, you, you won't even get you won't get charged. People, in fact, people will probably pat you on the back and say, well, you never know what he was going to do. Mm. Like, well, yeah, we do know what he was going to do because when people say that it's unusual for somebody who doesn't have a mental illness to go crazy and kill people, it's even more unusual for somebody with a mental illness to go crazy and kill people. He's more likely to be the victim. Yeah. So when you use that, it must be mentally ill because no normal person would do that. You're actually completely wrong and you're, you're exposing your ignorance twofold you know what mm. I mean because it's even more unlikely for us to do it well I think that one of the main points is um, often people that suffer with mental health issues that could be related to outbursts of violence mm. against others they they would often have friends or family members who would be there saying this recognising that the, the signs that there's something going on with this particular person highlighting it to mental health care professionals and their hands are tied because of the way that the law is set up mm. that unless they become a danger to themselves and others there's nothing they can do and by become <clears throat> a danger they have to actually have done something before they would take action <coughs> well, I need to cough so <coughs> it's, Sorry about that. it's this catch 22 <clears throat> where you've got somebody that recognises that this their, their loved one is developing an, a serious issue and the, for their own safety and for others' safety that they need removing from that environment and seeking urgent medical treatment. But because of the way that the law is set up, because that person hasn't done anything, they won't do it. So they have to wait until something happens and that, that something that happens could be a dramatic event whereby they they lash out at somebody, they stab them, they do whatever they might do because of whatever it is that's driving them to do that. And you know that that could have been prevented because you've been to the healthcare professionals and you've said, I can see something happening and see this that this person is agitated, the things that they're doing are indicative of an outburst, but they won't do anything because they've not done anything. And you think, well, it could have been prevented. Mm. And the only time we hear about anything happening is when somebody has actually done something and harmed somebody yeah, exactly. else you or themselves. You don't hear about the artist who lives with bipolar disorder and makes brilliant artwork. No, the, exactly. The writer, you know, who has the same position. I mean, we only ever hear about the extreme cases. But the thing is, is that, that you know, all great writers, the stereotypical, the stereotypically are manic depressive alcoholics. They all are. You know what I mean? All the great writers. You know, they're all certainly, you know, three sheets to the wind most of the time. But I think it's, it is a trend at the moment to, to blame mental health and to not say, could there be another problem? Could there be well, something else at the heart of To return of it to the, to the uh, stabbing in London, which I'm, st I'm still as sure as I dare be that was a terrorist attack and they're just masquerading as mental health so they can get away with, you know, not saying it was terrorism or not mentioning religion. I, I think... It's telling that they said mental illness. Mm -hmm. They said he showed signs of mental illness. Well, you might as well have said he showed signs of, I don't know, having a, having a cold. For all the common cold, for all the variations there are. I mean, well, I, what, what did, he have? did he have OCD? Because mm -hmm. that, that pretty, it's pretty clear that if that's the case, then he's not, you know, it has nothing to do with it. You know, did he have ADHD? Uh, is, does ADHD cause 
cause people to has there ever been a case you know does he have I don't know autism has, has anybody with autism ever killed anyone uh, or Asperger's you know what I mean when they say just mental illness that what but that's but they're in a nutshell it's a, bro- what, it's a very broad spectrum but that's it? what it's bothered me though mental, mental illness, illness was mental illness was the only pill they needed to get the public to swallow and then mm. the public go oh of course it's mental illness we should expect him to go and stabbing people. You know that's that's what mm. the mentally will do. Yeah. You know, and this all comes from. I don't know where it comes from. But I, re- then I remember again, in the eighties when Thatcher the thing, gave us it? care in the community though, and put the mentally ill in the community, and that was a big fuss at the time as well because God, these people near us. Sorry, folks. I hate to disappoint you as well. If you live on a street, you live next door to at least five or six mentally ill people. Well, somebody that you know will be, because yeah. I think the, the problem that most people well, the have saying, is that they don't recognise what a mental illness is. I'm going to say it's the old saying that one in four people have a mental illness. Think of three friends. If it's not them, if yes. you don't know, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> You're one of them. You just don't know it. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because you can have a mental illness and not know it. And the attitudes that people have to like Peter Hitchens, somebody I really like, but on mental illness, he's terrible. First of all, he always tries to blame mental illness on drugs. <laughs> Um, which is it's actually which really uh, there are there are some cases yeah, where but, they, but you know rare. it can be linked to it's rare but it's usually the other way around there's someone mental Ill, mental mentally ill is, is self-medicating with drugs yeah, i remember getting yeah. into a twitter spat with him and he blocked me for this which is disappointing because i really i do like peter hitchens very intel i'll take him any day over the two bit liberal dork bags that we have in the media at the moment you know what i mean who just mm. terrible journalists who read you know i used to like the guardian but i just but I enjoy Hitchens because he's educated and intelligent. But when he when he said that self medication is an excuse for bad character, I just thought, oh, Peter, you're everything that's wrong with how we view mental illness. In that one sentence, you've epitomised the problem. You think that mental health, mental illness, and mental health is an issue of character, and it's just not. Yeah, but uh, do you, do do you not think though that, that often that's linked to the fact that they don't know anybody that well, suffers with it? So nobody that they say, care about suffers with a mental illness. Well, no, and I think also, it's only then when it becomes apparent that actually somebody does have a mental illness mm. and, and it matters to them Don't forget, that they're though, willing to acknowledge a, the fact that it's more than just He's a hard-line Burkean conservative, though, mm. so he thinks that everything is about personal responsibility. And he does have it, I must admit, he, is, he seems to be running a one-man crusade about drug use. He does not like drug users one bit, uh, for whatever reason. Makes me wonder how what kind of drugs he's on, then. Well... No, I, I don't know, I don't think he is, but I, don't, I, like, I liked his brother better, Christopher, before he passed mm. away, the late Christopher Hitchens, but anyway, the point being, I was just ex- highlighting the fact that, you know, people say some silly things, and t- he said that self-medication was a terrible excuse that people always use, it's not, people really do soothe these illnesses with drugs and drink, because it, it's often the only thing they can get. Well, uh, how do we treat them? Drugs, <laughs> not drink, but... Well, that's the point. Yeah. Often we treat mental illness with drugs, so how can you argue that, that somebody who's self-medicating by taking drugs isn't self-medicating? Well, I remember... We uh, treat them with drugs, they treat themselves with drugs, whatever drug of choice it might be. So for some people, it could be simply exercise. Exercise could be considered a drug in that sense. It's a control, it's a way to reduce the mood or to inflate the mood. I mean, there are countless studies that have shown that people that exercise are less likely to suffer with depression. It doesn't mean that it eliminates it completely. People that do exercise can still suffer with depression. However, most we know the beneficial effects of exercise. Well, I'm, I'm evidence of that. When I exercise, everything's fine. Exactly. So, you know, and would we say, no, it's not a conventional drug. It isn't something that we ingest, but it has that effect the thing is, on the brain. See, I remember when I used to drink, I'm teetotal, I know I've been for a long time. Um, 
I used to drink. And you know why? To sleep. To sleep. I was a terrible drunk. When I say terrible, terrible two reasons. One, it didn't take a lot because I only started drinking at the end. I remember experimenting with drink at about the age of 14 thinking this is rubbish and then just stopped. And by experimenting, I think I had one... I once drank cider and I once, once drunk <laughs> Mad Dog 2020. Uh, you know, good for killing brain cells or degreasing my bike. <laughs> but after that, I just thought this is rubbish. And then only the urge came when I when my probably went through the the, the most difficult period of my my own illness. Mm. Um, and I was I'm just really melancholy when I drink. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything. I don't sit like some people. Some, like some people are brilliant. You give them a drink and their life and soul. Some people are violent. Not me. I just get really. I just sit there. Quiet. Not necessarily quiet, but sort of introspective yeah. and pensive. And, and and I was doing it just to be able to sleep. Yeah. And you, it gets you into a vicious cycle, of course, because the quality of sleep you get through alcohol is crap, and it, you don't get into REM sleep, and it makes your mood terrible. So I quickly. Yeah, so you see, you drink yeah. hard to sleep. Um, and so I, I realised that that had to stop and. You know, but but on the subject of self-medication, it was definitely medicating, yeah. definitely. And and even when I didn't know I was doing it, it, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't, because I was undiagnosed at the time, and I thought everybody was like this. You know, I thought I thought because my first symptoms of bipolar, the first symptoms I ever experienced of bipolar disorder was psychosis, mm. hearing voices and hallucinating. That's very unusual. Yeah, most people it's either mania or depression. I mean, I may have had mania and don't, just don't remember it. Yeah. But I, it manifested at a very young age in me, age 15, which is on the young side. Yeah. Um, but like I say, and it, I mean, I say that, it, it's very difficult to, Stephen Fry raises this point, when it manifests itself in, in teenage years, how would you ever know it from bad behaviour? You know what I mean? It's very difficult because sometimes it can just be that you... Because yeah. who understands teenagers? You know, well, no- teenagers are a whole new species of human beings. But, uh, but the weird thing is, everybody who's been a teenager doesn't understand teenagers either. Yeah. So it's well, that's because you grow out of it and you mm. forget about it. You don't remember each stage of your life, do you? And I think mm. as a teenager, you can look back and and try to empathise with them. But you know, when like our eldest gets upset because we say, "No, you're not going to behave in a particular way," or "No, you're not." just staying in and sitting on the couch and doing nothing all day and he gets really upset with that and we think really you're getting upset because we're asking you to go out and have a life mm. you know and it, it, I, obviously as an adult I, we know that our time is very limited our personal time that we get to do the things that we would like to do is very limited as and it's precious so we would be if we had the time that a teenager has we'd be thinking god what i would do with that time that you have but that they're teenagers. They don't mm. value what they have. That's that's a child well, still. I, I was going to say that, you know, there's that phrase that I never understood when I was a kid, that youth is wasted on the young. And yeah. I, I totally understand it now. They just don't know the bone, do they? I don't, I don't mean that in the fact that they're ungrateful. I mean, they, you don't know. When it's gone, yeah. when your teenage years are gone, you miss them. I do, because I discovered everything I love, everything that makes me what I am, I discovered then. I discovered progressive rock, writing I did all the books and writers I love mm. I discovered then all the film you know I, I, have, I happen to be passionate about B movies mm-hmm. not only B movies but kind of I always I was always you see there's another thing I thought everybody did I always used to stay in the, in Britain if you're not from Britain um, we have um, the BBC the British Broadcasting Corporation and they used to um, w- the TV used to close down remember this? I get do to remember that and the TV go, would yeah, just go off the, the, the networks would actually yeah. switch off but they'd usually have a great film on. 
Yeah. And when I say a great film, now films are everywhere. You can't get away from it. When it when we were kids, when a film came on, it was like, oh, what is it going to be? Do you know what I mean? Well, it was a treat, wasn't yeah. it? You know, of so, a weekend. I, you look forward to weekend because you could see what film was going to be on. Yeah, but off the top of my head, the films I can I remember discovering. My favourite film ever, They Live. Friend, it was on TV and just turned it on. I thought, oh, what's this? <laughs> I remember discovering Brainstorm, another great B movie. I remember discovering Running on Empty. We've got that, haven't we? River yeah. Phoenix, brilliant film. Uh, my own, science. Yeah, my own private idol. What do you mean weird science? Yeah, weird science. Yeah, I discovered yeah. The Breakfast Club, which you wouldn't call a B-movie, but I, I uncovered all sorts of uh, Blue Thunder or The Last Starfighter, mm. but all sorts of other scanners. Did my love, like David Cronenberg, I love. Um, Dark Star, I uncovered all of this stuff, like real, real be, be yeah. honestly, B-movies. Twin Peaks, I found on the BBC. I was the, I was the first kid in my year at school. To, to watch Twin Peaks and turned everybody onto it and did they think I was cool? Did they balls? Um, <laughs> but any sci-fi I used to watch like Star Trek The Next Generation was on the BBC in Britain first and now it's everywhere that's our little dog dreaming in the background sorry about that it's not Laura making strange noises um, thanks so yeah everything you know everything that I love I discovered kind of that way when yeah. I was a teenager and all the bands I love King's X Dream Theatre Galactic Cowboys and all the bands associated with those, you know, even Erasure, strangely enough. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually a song by Erasure called Hideaway, which I reckon, recommend everybody listen to. I didn't know how I didn't know this was about a kid losing his family after coming out as gay. I, how I didn't figure this out, I don't know, but it is about that. But it, it almost mirrors perfectly my emergence as somebody with mental illness, mm-hmm. you know, and the way my family have treated me, which, which is very badly, and basically I don't have any contact with them anymore. Um, I don't need to broadcast that, but there we are. Um, but Hideaway, listen to Hideaway. Um, and if you forget that it's about a gay kid coming out and just imagine it's a mentally ill kid, it, it's, it's like it's they, read, they read my mail. Um, so, anyway, yeah, the, what are we talking about teenagers for? I'm just saying that they were a whole other species. Yeah, I've forgotten what we're talking about. Funny. Why was that? Re- that must have been relevant to something. What was it? I don't know because Laura, we've kind you've, of gone you've, off you've ruined the show. Yeah. Anyway, the point being is that the mentally ill are treated like crap, aren't they? Yeah, and and again, the the whole point of this podcast was relating to an incident that happened here, where immediately somebody has been picked out as being it's the mental health disorder and the, that's and caused the problem. Wait for it. it was the fact that they were like, oh, he's mentally ill. Thank God for that. Yeah, and and in instead of looking at the whole picture and seeing is it as simple as that or are there other influences I mean they did mention it they did say it's too soon to rule out the possibility of it being a terrorist attack which I resent I really strongly resent that kind of term I I don't think it's a case of there being terrorist attacks I'd say that people there there are people that want to kill us it's as simple as that and these people are obviously often motivated by religious beliefs and their standing and and that is the thing that's the problem that's often unsaid but it is often in people's minds i think it is the first thing that people think certainly now when when this is stabbing and it's advertised and it's reported reported yes i couldn't think of the word then when it's reported people are immediately going to think Terrorism. They're going to imagine the person that is is actually perpetrating that act. The same as when it was the um, Joe Cox, the MP, when she was killed. People immediately started thinking it was a terrorist attack. I have to defend that though because I remember in the eighties when it was Northern Irish terrorists. Every time a bomb went off, I immediately thought it's probably Mm -hmm. related to that because of course you would. If that's 
if that's the, the the group that's you know that's causing this trouble, I don't mean you then go and profile every Irish person you ever meet. I don't mean that. But if it does happen, it's natural that people will think, well, oh, I won't be surprised if it is. Yeah, but the whole point, the like, point like, that I'm making is that it's almost like it's an appeasement, as though to say, look, we're not we're not blaming you. We're not saying that it's you. We're thinking it could be mental health issues instead. Well, no, how about we report it properly and say, yeah, well, we don't know exactly what but, the motivation but, was at this point. Simple. You don't have to go into same, any more detail than that. But I have the same thoughts about, if I ever see, I mean, you don't see it so much over here, but I used to read FARC, the website FARC.com, which is an American news website. And whenever, occasionally you'd see on there an abortion doctor murdered, you immediately think fundamentalist Christian. Yeah. Of course you do, because they're the ones doing it. You know what I mean? It's very rare to see anybody else do it. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, it's just it's a matter all, of... Well, it's all in the way that it's reported at the end of the day. Because yeah. it can either be <clears throat> this particular person doing this particular profession has been killed, thereby making people well, immediately think something about that it's got to be a certain kind of person that's going to perpetrate that kind of crime or you can just report it as it was that you know there was an, a, a stabbing in which somebody was was killed and they also couldn't wait to report this guy's Norwegian when he really was of Somali origin mm. uh, you know as if you know, if you if I say to you Norwegian, I'm sure somebody from Somalia born to Somalian parents does not pop into your head. But the BBC knows that, and yeah. so they they use that to shield yeah. him. They say, "Oh, I think it's another Breivik," and it it's blatantly wasn't. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think we've emptied this topic out, haven't we? Yeah, but I think the, 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 the main point is that um, at the moment, mental health is a scapegoat for anything that does happen. Yeah. It's the immediate go-to, and I don't think anything should be an, an immediate go-to I don't think we should immediately think it's terrorism either I think that we should people should be exposed to the truth that this incident happened we don't know what why it's happened or what has occurred we're going to investigate and then you report on it from there and you give the facts you don't try to make them up to fit the scenario in which you want to present it's as simple as that because all you're doing is creating more division between groups of people. Be that groups of people that follow a particular religious ideal, or groups of people that have a mental health disorder, or groups of people that are of a specific gender or sexuality. Pardon? Some would say that those two are synonymous. <laughs> but the, the point is, you know, it's, it's more divisive being immediately giving a label of well, that's, that's what the thing that bothers me though is we can immediately say he's mentally ill and it's understood that that's fine but you can't say he was a Somali Muslim that's what bothers me but then that's because the, we have changed it so that now we've, we, we, we're pussyfoot around you know we can't say it, you know it was a male like, immediately after it happened I was, I was in the gym watching a news report and there was a guy who was being interviewed and what did he say? I saw a dark-skinned man. Mm. And it's like, it's all the time we're not allowed to identify something that we see anymore well, without this, political to, correctness. Just to digress, this, rem this makes me think of Sweden now, which has become the rape capital of Europe. Mm. Um, and then the, the Swedish police now are not allowed to record the ethnicity of rapists when a crime is reported. So they can't because they, because I'm I'm sure I could I could be wrong on this, but I'm sure I read somewhere that there was a st statistic that every rape 
that had been committed in Sweden or in Malmo at one point was committed by a particular demographic. I don't have to say which one it is. Mm. Um, and they wanted to put a stop to this. They didn't want to put a stop to the rapes. <laughs> don't don't put a stop to the, yeah. the to the rapes. Just put a stop to but the reporting of the it, accurate reporting. You know, of you don't you don't have to say he wasn't Muslim in order for it to be propaganda. You just don't mention it. You do mention that he was mentally ill. You mention that he was a Norwegian mm, national. Mm. Now, personally, I, I, I don't, if he's a Muslim, don't care. I, I, do, I do care in the sense that if if we've got like in Europe, say if that is true that every every single particular kind of crime is committed by a certain ideology we've got a problem we have yeah but yeah. but it, 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 if it was just an individual thing i don't really care what he is punish him i'm all for big punishments i'm pretty liberal but when it comes to crime and punishment i'm pretty conservative mm-hmm. i think there should be long punishments bitterly painful punishments in some cases um but i don't, I don't particularly care what he was unless there's a demographic problem emerging which there blatantly is yeah. which is the subject for another podcast of course yeah. um, but what bothers me is is that the one demographic that really counts is that they wouldn't say and instead just used a bunch of people who don't count as a shield. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's unforgivable. And for them for the police to come out and say relax he was just mentally ill, which is essentially what they did. I just think, you know what? I've had enough of this. Yeah. I, re- I really have had enough of this. You know, I, I am a human being. Every person with a mental illness, mental illness is a human being. You know what I mean? Just because they've yeah. got an illness doesn't, doesn't make us any less than you. Well, we wouldn't treat a, a person who was suffering with cancer or any other debilitating disease as See, though they were a second-class citizen and saying, oh, don't worry, it's just because they've got cancer. Isn't it we funny, wouldn't though? say that. Isn't it funny, though, you know, 30, 20, 30 years ago, cancer really was spoken of in hushed mm. terms like that, wasn't it? Mm. People wouldn't say it. And that's where we are with mental health. Yeah. So I suppose it's positive because it can change. I've just remembered what I was mentioning teenagers before it came up through the gay rights thing, didn't it? I think we are where gay rights were such a long time ago, and I yeah. hope I don't necessarily want mentally ill marriage, although that's pretty much sums up marriage. If I'm <laughs> Do you want to give me the ring back now? Or, or, <laughs> no. You want to stay engaged? Yeah. It's taking you that long to get me to do it. You're never going to give me that, are you? You're no, gonna, definitely you're gonna die not. Die before you give me that ring back. Um, I got it out of a cracker anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think we're kind of at a point now where. I think the public is changing. I think millennials in particular are more aware of this and are kind of not putting up with it. Mm. Or, or, or maybe what I hope would be better is, is is if you spoke to millennials, if you can get them to stop whining for a bit, which is all they ever do. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> I would just hope that they... Because if you said... If you talked about discriminating against gay people, they'd just scratch your head and think, what? What are you talking mm. about? You know, because we belong to the generation where it all changed, the 80s. Yeah, you know, yeah. we had Boy George, two badly dressed queens. One was enough, now we've got two, Boy George as well. Um, but I, I would hope that they get the same attitude that, you know, well, why would you discriminate? I don't get it. You know, I would hope that they don't get discrimination against the mentally ill. Because mm-hmm. then that shows that real change has taken place and they haven't had to be forced into it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm disappointed in the BBC on that. Disappointed in the police. Because what, what annoyed me as well was when the Met said, um, show clear signs of mental illness. I thought, we're wasting all this money on the NHS. The, the London Metropolitan Police can, <laughs> di- can, can diagnose you on site just by looking at you. Mm-hmm. We know why we're we paying psych- psychiatrists 90 grand a year. When you can, uh, I don't mind getting in on that gig either. Mm-hmm. 90 grand a year for that. When one. the Bobby on the beat can yeah. diagnose you from however far away you was, yeah. 100 yards I'd away. Love, I would dearly love to know. I mean, they're keeping very quiet about it, so they're obviously worried about something. I'd love to know what they said, that, what, what they saw that convinced convinced the he was mentally ill. 
Because could you do that? Can you diagnose on sound? No, I don't think anybody can. Not yeah. not from that greater distance. Not without speaking to somebody. But even, not if, you without having a medical even if you speak history. to somebody, so what? I just think I just think we're going down a very dangerous line here. Mm. You know, a very, and I think things have to change, which is why I decided to do this podcast. And I think that's an hour. We'll wrap it up there, shall we? I think we should. I've already decided on next week. Next week's topic. Oh, okay. Rape hysteria. Oh, okay. Let's see if we can lighten things up and talk about raping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when said like that, oh gosh, we'll get um, a lot of controversy. That's how I pulled you, isn't it? Let's lighten things up and talk about rape. Is that not? No, I don't no. think so. No. No, I don't think so either. Like I said, I've never used a chat up line. I don't know why anybody would. It wouldn't have worked on you anyway, would it? No. You have no sense of humour. That's <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely humourless. Okay, that has been Laura the Budgie. And Adam the Pigeon. If you want to get in touch with us, um, comment on the blog. <laughs> Shall I give out my email address? I'd better not give my personal email. For now, use the Beauty in the Universe show email address, which is adam at astronomeradam.com. If you want to get in touch, suggest a topic, or tell us we're rubbish, or argue with us, or get mad about Laura and women drivers. <laughs> Wait, she's not justified, because we all know it's true, so don't yeah. even go there. She, just for the just for the audience, the benefit of the audience, she's really not joking. She hates women drivers. No, I don't hate women drivers. I hate <laughs> bad women drivers. <laughs> Unfortunately. She hates women drivers. Um... So yeah, if you want to get in touch, do. You can leave a comment on the blog, which is budgieandpigeon.com. Other than that, see you next week.